0: Well, good morning, everyone. It is good to be together today. Uh, My name is John Gallagher, and I'm the lead pastor here at the church. I just want to welcome each and every one of you uh, to worship with us. we got a crew still worshiping with us online as well, so greetings to you all as well. Um, Today is a good day. Let me turn my phone down. I'm hearing my voice come out of my phone. It's awkward. Um, Well, it's good to be together. We have a guest, a worship leader this morning. Um, It's a friend of mine named Scott Hershey. Uh, We have, uh, I've known Scott for many, many years. Let's give him a welcome this morning. (laughs) Scott's been a friend of mine for a long time. He knew me when I was just a kid uh, over at Centenary, but uh, Scott worked at Centenary for many years, 24 years. We just found out this morning doing worship and music stuff there, but he's now transitioned to a new role at a different place. Uh, But we're just grateful he's going to be able to hang with us and lead with us today. Um, And I think he's going to come hang with us every now and then, to come lead worship at Embrace because he loves our community and uh, we love him too. So um, we're, we have a special treat to hear from him uh, this morning and from the band. So what we can do now, we can all just stand as we begin our worship. Um, let me say a quick prayer for us and then we'll, uh, we'll get started. God, thank you so much for just a new day. Uh, we thank you for a new week, um, a new opportunity to connect with you in a fresh and in a new way. God, we thank you that that as we're walking this journey of life, that we don't walk alone, that you walk with us, that you're right there leading us and guiding us and encouraging us and and helping us, Lord, to continue walking, even when it's really hard sometimes. And I know that that for many of us, uh, the past week, the past few days even have been just really hard, and we're going through so much uh, as individuals, as a community here in Lexington and all across our nation and world, and Lord, we need you more than ever, and we just cry out to you this morning, and we ask that you would meet us here in this space, that, God, we could feel your presence, that we would feel your strength, that, God, we could just receive the mercy and the grace that you have to offer us. Help us, Lord, to to be awake this morning, awake to to both the hope and and also the struggles that that are going on around us. Help us to find you in the midst of it. hear your voice God we need you so much and we just pray that that as we worship you Lord that that we could rise up with our praises Lord and, and, and just even rise up above the challenges that are in front of us and see the bigger picture to see things the way you see them Lord I pray we'd be encouraged as we leave here that we'd be challenged as we leave here to continue walking the narrow path that you've laid out before us Lord, we love you so much, and we thank you for being present among us here in this room today. It's In Jesus' name I pray, and all God's people said, amen.
1: mighty and so much stronger the king of glory the king above all kings who shakes the whole earth with holy thunder and leaves us breath in awe and wonder the king of glory the king above all I sing for all that you've done for me. Who brings our chaos back into order? Who makes the orphan a son and daughter? The king of glory, the king of glory, who rules the nation That you would bear my cross You would lay down your life that I would be set free Oh, Jesus, I sing for all that you've done for me Worthy is the Lamb who was slain you Sing it out Worthy is the king who conquered the grave. That's it. Worthy is the lamb who was slain. Worthy is the king who conquered the grave. Worthy is the lamb who was slain. Worthy is the king who conquered the grave. Worthy is the lamb who was slain. Worthy is the king who conquered the grave. This is amazing, Ray. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. That you would bear my cross. You laid down your life. That I would be set free. I say
2: Joyfully to the Lord, you righteous. It is fitting for the upright to praise Him. Praise the Lord with the harp. Make music to Him on the ten stringed lyre. Sing to Him a new song. Play skillfully and shout for joy. For the word of the Lord is right and true. He is faithful in all He does. The Lord loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of His unfailing love. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made. Their starry host by the breath of his mouth. He gathers the waters of the sea into jars. He puts the deep into storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the people of the world revere him. For he spoke and it came to be. He commanded and it stood firm. The Lord foils the plans of the nations. He thwarts the purposes of the peoples. But the plans of the Lord stand firm forever the purposes of his heart through all generations. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people he chose for his inheritance. From heaven, the Lord looks down and sees all mankind. From his dwelling place, he watches all who live on earth. He who forms the hearts of all, who considers everything they do. No king is saved by the size of his army. No warrior escapes by his great strength. A horse is a vain hope for deliverance, despite all its great strength it cannot save. But the eyes of the Lord are on those who fear him, on those whose hope is in his unfailing love, to deliver them from death and keep them alive in famine. We wait in hope for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. In him our hearts rejoice, for we trust in his holy name. May your unfailing love be with us, Lord, even as we put our hope in you.
3: Amen to that. Put your hope, put our hope in you, God. Love you. Love you so much, God. We thank you for this time to lift our voices to praise you.
1: For a thousand tongues to sing my great Redeemer's praise The glories of my God and King, the triumphs of His grace My gracious Master and my God assist me to proclaim To spread through all the earth abroad The honors of thy name
3: fount
1: of every blessing tune my heart to sing thy grace, streams of mercy never ceasing, call for songs of loudest praise teach me some Lord your song and sung by flame For thy courts
0: above. Amen. Well, what we're going to do now is something we do every week. It's our time of kind of sharing with each other and connecting a little bit. Um, so we call this our gratitude and our lament. And so we share uh, something we're grateful for. And we also share a lament or protest if we have one as well. And I encourage you all just to to be yourselves and share what's on your heart. Um, After someone in your group shares, if you don't know what to say in response, just thank them for sharing and you can move on to the next person. I encourage you to introduce yourselves as well. Um, I apologize to the introverts in the room who really don't like to talk to people. Uh, This is something that We do anyway because I think it's good, you know, and and who knows, you might talk to someone that you would not have uh, talked to otherwise if you did not come to church and weren't forced to do it. So um, we're just going to turn to just uh, about groups of three or four or five people, Um, share your name and then just share gratitude. If you have a lament, you can share that as well. Those of you online, I'd really love if y'all could share your gratitude and lament also. So let's do that now. All right, if y'all want to take another um, minute or so, that would be great. Um, So make sure everybody gets a chance to talk. All right, if y'all want to wrap up your conversations, that would be great. If you didn't get a chance to finish, y'all are welcome to talk after the service as much as you would like. So, I would love to I'm sure y'all had some great conversation in your groups. Um, I would love to highlight just a couple of things that were mentioned online. We continue to have a pretty strong online presence at our service um, on Sundays, and I know that covid is is making another run past few weeks and lots of people have been uh, you know exposed and whatnot and so we're just grateful people can still stay connected online, but Um, Dan Adkins is worshiping with us online this morning and he said he's lamenting the new COVID strains that are circulating and also lamenting the tensions in the national arena and uh, praising God for his embraced family. Uh, Thank you, Dan, for sharing that this morning. And Deb Singleton is lamenting ongoing health issues and also lamenting just the divisive tone of our nation, praising God for our church and for good friends. Um, Thank you, Deb. Um, for sharing those things as well. And I'm sure that you all had uh, some good connection and lots of things that you're praising this morning, but also there are lots of things to lament uh, this morning. I'm just, uh, I feel like every Sunday I come here, it's like there's a heaviness, you know, Um, because there's so much weight um, from all the the stuff going on all around us. It seems every week I just, I don't even want to see what's happened, you know, overnight or over the weekend, uh, because it's just, Uh, lots of of hardship. Um, I think for myself this morning, I'm uh, praising God for a good week of birthday celebrations this past week. Uh, I felt a lot of love from people, so um, yeah. Thank you, Shelly and Jackie, for the applause. Uh, It was great to to celebrate with people. felt a lot of love, and you know, I'm just lamenting this week. I know that, you know, this whole Supreme Court thing, I know there's a lot of opinion, I imagine, just in our church, on the particular issues uh, with what's going on there with abortion, but I've just uh, talked to a lot of people, seen a lot of people who are really suffering and hurting right now, a lot of fear, um, particularly from women, and a lot of just historically oppressed groups are really afraid right now of of how how far things could go and if other rights are going to be taken away in the future, and so I think... You know, regardless of what our beliefs are and when human life begins, I think that as a community, hopefully we can lament together just that fear and that pain and suffering that, that many, many people are going through right now. And so um, that's something that, that I've been reflecting on just the past few days. And, and the fact of the matter is that, you know, a lot of, a lot of women are going to suffer and potentially die um, based on what's happened just in the last few days. And I also lament uh, the brazen hypocrisy of people in power right now who call themselves pro-life, yet refuse to care um, about people who are suffering and create policies that create a just and equitable society. And I hope at our church we can continue the work that we're doing to continue to create and work towards a community uh, that truly experiences shalom. Um, and shalom is this wonderful biblical concept where everybody is taken care of. It's not It's not just a, a peace that means... Uh, no conflict or anything like that. Shalom really is that everybody has enough, that all are taken care of, that everybody has access to the things that lead to life and to flourishing. And so, you know, I I think that a lot of us are probably just still sitting and and wondering how to make sense of everything that's going on. I'm in the same place as well, but um, I know that many of you are probably lamenting um, in a similar way as I am this morning. And so I just want to say a prayer for us. Um, God, we thank you so much for all that we have to be grateful for today. Um, I thank you for our church community, a place where we can wrestle with hard things. Um, I thank you that we have a community of people that show a lot of grace and love to each other. And, And I thank you that we truly do try to uphold, Lord, the teachings in Scripture that we let mercy triumph over judgment. And I pray that we could continue to be a community that shows grace and love and support to each other, no matter where we are in our journey Of faith or where we stand on particular things that we can really come together and care about people and care about stories and and care about the suffering that that people are experiencing right now. And Lord, I pray that that we would always have ears that are attuned to the cries of those who suffer and that we would have ears like yours, Lord, um, ears of empathy and of understanding and and of compassion. Lord, we, we lament like... A couple of folks shared online just the the divisiveness and the disconnection and the isolation that we're experiencing right now in our communities and the fragmentation. And God, I just pray that, that you would help our church to be a place of true unity, where we find unity even in the midst of our diversity, that we are a place that can come together across divides and perspectives and truly listen and learn from one another and hopefully be able to move forward together. Lord, I pray that we would never lose sight of your mission that you've called us to to, to, to love and to care for your people, who you love desperately, all the people around us who are created in your image, Lord. And I pray that you would also help us to articulate and be able to, to figure out what our, our witness ought to be, how we can have a bold prophetic witness as a church um, to, to speak up and to work um, for change around issues that affect people's lives um, here all around us, Lord. We need you so much. We thank you, Lord, that you are with us in this time, this tension where we sit in the middle of this gratitude and lament, this praise and protest. And we thank you, Lord, that, that we can rely on you in the midst of all of it. Thank you, Lord, for loving us. It's In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. We have a few announcements to share this morning, and so uh, nothing big. I just want to highlight a couple of things. When you come in to the church, uh, there's always an announcement sheet on the table. So I really encourage you all to grab it and pick it up and look at it when you come in because there's important stuff on it. Um, Sometimes there are really important things on it that you need to read. And so pick those up on your way in. We have more than enough. Take one for yourself when you come in and for your family and read through it, um, I encourage you to read through those announcements. I will say we have Connect cards in our pews, and so I encourage you to pick up a Connect card um, and fill that out before you leave, and if you have any prayer requests or if there's any next steps you'd like to check on the back, please do so. Um, would love for y'all to do that. Also, if you need prayer, then you can email prayer at embraceyourcity.com, or you can write your prayer request on, the, on these cards and put them in the boxes by either of our doors at our entrances. If you'd like to give to support our ministry at the church, you can do so here in person, and you can do it in those same boxes that I mentioned, and you can also give online at embraceyourcity.com. There's also a QR code on the the Connect card that you can fill out. Tanya thinks we're fancy because we got QR codes, Um, even though they're everywhere now. You know, Tanya still thinks we're fancy, so I think it's great. We'll we'll be fancy in the little ways that we can here. (laughs) Something not too many people have said about embrace over the years. <laughs> but I encourage you all to fill those out, um, even if you come every week. I just love to, to hear what's going on with you all in your lives. And the last thing I just want to mention is if you ever uh, want to talk to one of the pastors at the church, myself, Pastor Tanya, Pastor Christina... Uh, Rachel, who is our church administrator, is in the office many days in the week, and she loves to talk to folks as well. Um, We are here for you, and we would love to to connect with you. And so if you need anything, um, please reach out. Um, If you ever want to talk to me about anything um, that I say in a sermon or something that happens in a worship service or a class that we do, anything that's on your mind, questions, concerns, um, whatever uh, set up a meeting with me i 'd love to, to sit down and chat with you I actually really love it it's not like a burden to me it's like the favorite part of my job and so if you would ever like to get together just to get to know one another more then please reach out um, and i'd love to do that i'm, I'm going to turn it over to our worship team they're going to lead us in another song um, i'm sorry children I always forget you uh, not really i don't really forget you but I forget to dismiss you so um, Thank you, Jackie, for pointing that out. If you are a child uh, who is four years old, all the way through fifth grade, you're invited to go to the Wonder Room this morning. Gabe is really excited about it, so let's give them a hand as they come forward. If you are a parent and you have children in that age range and you've never gone to the Wonder Room, you are more than welcome to walk with them up and check it out, introduce yourselves to the teachers and all that. Um, But they will be up there at the end of the service. You can go up and get them upstairs after we are finished. I know they're going to have a blast. So as our children are exiting for their time of learning, I'll turn it over to our worship team, and they're going to lead us in another song.
3: Thanks, John, man. It's just amazing to see this kind of vitality (laughs) as a part of ministry um, it's not always present. Uh, those of you who have been around churches for a long time know that. So give thanks for that. So much else. Earlier, uh, Stephanie read some scripture. It was uh, from Psalm 33. And I want to just repeat a little bit of it before we do this next song. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made. And all their hosts by the breath of his mouth. By the breath of his mouth. He gathered the waters of the sea as in a bottle. He put the deeps in storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spoke and it came to be. He commanded and it stood firm. We worship a mighty God. And we can pray that our testimony of faith, wherever we are in relationship with Him, would be an encouragement to each other, and then it would bless His name.
1: Fleshed out the wonder of light, And as you speak, a hundred billion galaxies are born. In the vapor of your breath, the planet. Stars were made to worship, so will I. I can see your heart in everything you've made. Every burning star, a signal fire of grace. If creation sings your praises, so will I. soul with life god of your promise you don't speak in vain no syllable empty your voice the ones you have spoken
3: All nature
1: and science follow the sound of your voice. And as you speak, a hundred billion creatures catch your breath. Evolving in pursuit of what you say. If it all reveals your nature so will i i can see your heart in everything you say every painted sky a canvas of your grace if creation still obeys you so will i Oh So will I For if everything exists to lift you high So will I If the wind goes where you send it So will I If the rocks cry out in silence So will I If the song of our heart praises still Fall shy. It was seen again a hundred million times. all of my failure and
3: pride thank you God on a hill you
1: created
3: the light of
1: the world abandoned in darkness to die and as you speak a hundred billion failures disappear Where you lost your life so I can find it here If you left the grave behind you so will I If you cut your heart in everything you've done Every part designed in a work of heart called love If you gladly chose surrender, so will I I can see your heart a billion different ways and Every precious one, child you died to save Gave the life to love them so alive like you would again a hundred billion times, but when measure could amount to your desire, you're the one who never leaves the one.
0: Amen. I love that song. One of my favorite things to do is to go to national parks and go hiking. and I've just seen so many beautiful places. And, and every time I get out, um, I, I love to do these long hikes, where I just get you know over 10 miles away from the trailhead. you know, nobody's out there hardly. And, and you just can see so many beautiful things, and every time I have the opportunity to do that i 'm just reminded of how big and how vast and, and how beautiful um, and how creative God is and and it just blows my mind sometimes and helps me to connect with him and that song just just really takes me to those places when I sing it um, and helps me to for my attention and gaze to really focus on God I'm part of um, Ignatian spirituality that started with St. Ignatius, um, they, they teach this concept that, that we serve a God who is always greater. And, and I love that idea that we, we worship a God who is always greater, um, always greater than anything that we're facing around us and in front of us. Uh, the things that are going to be before us or behind us or the challenges that we're facing or the, the, the difficulties facing our nation right now, like we serve a God who is always greater. And, and that gives me courage, and that gives me strength to keep moving forward when I remember that, that, that God is, is powerful and that God is bigger than, you know, it's not like, I don't know, that could be kind of a, a thing we just say that God is bigger, but do we really believe that? And if we believe that, it ought to impact the way that we live. I want to read our, our scripture for today. We're not going to get into all the verses of this scripture. Uh, it's an interesting one. There's a lot of challenging stuff in it. I think next week we'll probably... Um, revisit some of the things in this scripture for today. Today I'm mostly going to focus on one verse um, from this scripture, but I do want to read the whole thing for you. And it's going to be from Luke chapter 9, so if you want to turn in your Bibles, we won't have it on the screen this morning, but Luke chapter 9, verses 51 through 62. We're back in the gospel of Luke, and we're going to stay in Luke all the way um, I think all the way to to Advent and so all the way to the end of November at least will be in the Gospel of Luke. If you don't know where Luke is, it's in the New Testament. Matthew, Mark, Luke. It's the third book in the New Testament. It's all about Jesus. So it says, as the time approached for him to be taken up to heaven, Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem. It's important. He begins his journey to Jerusalem. And he sent messengers on ahead who went into a Samaritan village to get things ready for him. But the people there in that village did not welcome him because he was headed for Jerusalem. When the disciples, James and John, saw this, they asked, Lord, do you want us to call fire down from heaven and destroy them? I'll tell you it was intense. Uh, but Jesus turned and rebuked them. Then he is and his disciples went on to another village. As they were walking along the road, a man said to Jesus, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus replied, foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. He said to another man, follow me. But he replied, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Still another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. And Jesus replied, no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. So a lot of challenging stuff and a lot of wonderful things in these verses that um, we're going to talk about some next week because our text for this week is, is rooted and really connected to our text for the following week as well. And so... We're going to get into some of that. What I want to do is I want to go back to the beginning of Luke for a moment, to Luke chapter 1, and this is a prophecy from Zechariah, and it was about Jesus, all right? And so I want to read just a section of this prophecy in Luke chapter 1, verses 76 through 79, and he's talking about Jesus before Jesus is born. Of peace. I want to hone in on that last line to guide our feet into the path of peace. Now, I've never noticed that particular verse until this past week. I've read Luke many times, but I've never really noticed that particular line about guiding our feet into the path of peace. And I love that line because it's really the essence of what Jesus is about. Jesus came to guide our feet into the path of of peace To guide our feet on this path that leads to peace, that leads to wholeness, that leads to freedom. Jesus came to guide us and to show us how to walk with our feet in the way of peace. We are on a journey with Jesus. We are walking along a path that leads to something really, really good. Today I want to talk about a simple an extremely important way, I think, to think about our lives as Christians. This is really how I've come to think about my faith. That the life of faith is a walk. It is a journey. It is walking with Jesus each and every day. So our faith is a journey. It's a walk. I've come to see, personally, this is my own opinion, but I do not believe that being a Christian is just about this kind of one-time decision to believe in Jesus. It's not about just about forgiveness of sins. It's not just about getting into heaven one day. It's not just about believing the right things. But fundamentally, to be a Christian for me is to walk with Jesus. It's to wake up each and every day and decide to keep walking with Jesus. To keep following His way, even when it can be really challenging. The life of faith, for me, is not about believing a set of propositions or beliefs about God. The life of faith is saying yes to Jesus over and over and over and over again. It's truly walking with Jesus every single moment of the day. It's not about religion. For me, it's about faith. And faith is trusting courage that Jesus, the guide, is going to lead us in the right direction. It's about walking with Him. You know, my wife and I, we love to walk. Uh, we walk a lot. Um, we walk to work uh, many days out of the week because we live very close to here. We like to go on walks in the evenings, though recently it's been very hot, so I haven't necessarily loved those walks. Um, we like to hike. Does anybody here like to walk? is my mic. I think it just went out. It's back on. Um, I see some of y'all like to walk um, I think my love for walking was really solidified probably about six years ago. I, I'd always liked to walk, but it really like hit home for me that I do love this. Um, and it was six years ago in 2016 when I had the opportunity to um, go on a pilgrimage in Spain. It's an ancient path that we walked um, called the Camino de Santiago. Now, the whole path is 500 miles um, we did 300 of those 500, so we did pretty good. We didn't, we didn't have time to do the whole thing, um, but we, uh, we skipped kind of a section in the middle of the Camino. But what would happen is every day on the Camino, we would wake up every day, probably around 5.30 a.m. or so, we would pack up our backpacks and we would walk to the next place. It was a 21-day journey, lots of ups and downs, lots of joys and struggles but it was an amazing, just like life-changing experience for us. I want to show you just a few uh, photos. Um, this is the beginning. As you can see, it says 790. That's kilometers. Um, but that's me and Laura and then Audrey and Isabel, um, who are, are now uh, young adults now who have uh, finished school. And, and, and they, they actually came with us. They were youth in our, in our youth programs here at the time. Um, so that was at the beginning of it, at the journey. We looked kind of refreshed in that moment. You can keep going through them, Tim. Um, there's me and Laura after a few days of hiking. You can see I got a knee brace on my knee. It kind of hurt my knee partway through the adventure. You can keep going. Lots of roads like this that we're walking Lots of fun steps. There's me. Uh, you know, I... That was a particularly fun day, you know, I was just like, really, do I got to keep walking? Laura loves to capture me in moments like this in my life when I, I just look like I'm loving life, you know? There's a lot of photos of my phone just like this, of all moments of my life. We got to go through these really cool, just like old cities, you know, in Europe where we would walk down these paths can keep going. Uh, This was more in some dry area, but you can imagine, you know, as far as you can see, you see the trail and you're like, we just got to keep walking, got to keep walking. It's just such a beautiful, uh, often we're on roads, sometimes we're in mountains, sometimes on dirt paths. Um, There's me, you know, we had these hiking poles, I realized those actually kind of help a little bit. And then there's the end at Santiago de Compostela at the end of the journey. We made it to the end. We were looking pretty happy at that point. Um, I think that's, is that the last one? I think that's the last one there. Um, But you can clear that off the screen now. But but basically every day on this journey, you know, we had to decide we were going to get up and keep going, keep walking. And I'll tell you, to be honest with you, some days I didn't want to get up and keep going. (laughs) I did not want to go. Some days we were exhausted. 5.30 came pretty quick, you know, particularly when you're sleeping in a hostel and there's, you know... Some of the hostels were huge. There were like 100 people, over 100 people in a room. And, and snoring and all sorts of stuff. The earplugs don't really help when you got really loud snores right next to you. Uh, it was pretty rough. Um, some days, you know, it was really hot. And there was like no shade for miles and miles and miles. Some days we argued uh, while we were hiking. And we're like, why are we even here? This is ridiculous, you know. Uh, Laura and I got worked through a lot of things in our marriage while in the Camino. Uh, it was great. Um, I'm sure Audrey and Isabel love that part of the trip. Um, we would stop to take breaks sometimes for lunch or to get a snack and, and air conditioning, and we're like loving it. And I'm like, do we really have to keep walking? I'm like, yeah, we got another 10 miles to go, you know. And, and I, it was just hard, you know. And until the journey was done, we just had to get up and we had to keep walking. We had to keep moving forward until we reached our destination. And I'll tell you, when we reached the end of our journey on the camino to be honest like it was kind of a letdown like when i got to the end goal like i was kind of like i was excited to a degree but i was also kind of sad uh, to reach the end i felt accomplished but i was actually sad that the journey was over and i also realized that like getting to the end was not as exciting as i thought it would be and what i learned through that experience is not that the destination was not great but but really what i found is that for, for us, like the journey was really the destination. Like the day-to-day, the grind, all the things we experienced along the way were really what brought about the transformation and the growth and brought the most joy to our experiences. You know, I found when, Laura and I found when we go hiking, we, you know, often it's like hiking to some big overlook, but often it's like the journey to get there is really the most profound for me. It's the journey that teaches us. It's the journey that brings the wisdom and the life and the change. The transformational part of our time in Spain was really that daily grind of waking up each and every day and choosing to keep walking. The Greek philosophers back in the day uh, often would describe life as a walk. And walking on pilgrimage for me was deeply powerful, and it has been deeply powerful for many of the world religions for a really long time. For other folks like Nelson Mandela, who was really working for change in South Africa, he described his journey of faith as a long walk of freedom. Black freedom fighters have deeply resonated with the image of walking and marching together towards freedom. Walking has has been a powerful practice An image for so many who are seeking deeper meaning and change and purpose and fulfillment. I was eating downtown on Friday night at a restaurant and saw some some protesters. They were marching together. This image of walking and marching and moving together has been so powerful for folks for a long time. For Paul in the New Testament, he talks about how we need to walk in a manner that is worthy of God in the kingdom for which he's called us to be a part of. The walk is really important to so many throughout history. You know, years ago, I was talking about this the other day on Friday night. Uh, I don't know if any of y'all went to the Igthus Music Festival, uh, as, as, as like maybe as adults or younger people. Um, I was there a lot, you know, as a kid and with youth group. And then when I got into college, um, I went back, and I wanted to get a free ticket. And so I signed up to be an altar minister it's probably not the greatest motivation, you know, to go and pray with people and whatnot. But we're like, we can get in for free. And my friend was like, being an altar minister, praying with folks is like the, the easiest kind of job you can get. And I was like, okay, sounds good. And I, I don't, I'm not proud of it, but I'm just being straight up with y'all. I wasn't the most mature freshman in college, probably. Um, so I signed up to be an altar minister. And, you know, I was taking it somewhat seriously. But they trained us, kind of, we went to a training lead Someone to Christ. And, and it was an interesting training to be a part of. But they were saying basically, like, after Louis Giglio or whoever was there, like, give this great sermon, like, you know, people are gonna line up to the tent and wanna, like, get saved and give their lives to Jesus, you know? And so we gotta be prepared. And so they trained me on this. And one of the images that they taught me, and y'all have probably seen this one before, I don't have a picture of it this morning, but I'll describe it. It's an image of, like, two cliffs. All right, so you have the cliff over here. Big drop off. You have a cliff over here and like a big kind of canyon separating the two cliffs. So on one cliff you have sin and death. And on the other side you have like God and life and and freedom and all that, right? But there's a big canyon in between so you can't get from one cliff to the other. And so what they described is that you put a cross in the middle of the two cliffs. And it serves as a cool bridge, you know, that can help you walk from sin and death over to Jesus, and to life, all right? And so the cross is Jesus, and that's the bridge that helps us to get to life. Now, one night at Ichthus, I was in the tent, and a guy about my age came. I was terrified, by the way, of doing this job. I don't know why I signed up for it. it It's just like... Even today, I'm a pastor and I'd still be a little bit nervous, you know, to be in that tent. Um, but, but like I was like terrified. I was like, why am I here? And this guy comes forward and he's about my age and like had a genuine experience with God. And he was like, I, want, I just want more purpose and meaning in my life. I want to give my life to whatever Jesus is about. I want to follow his path and all this. And, and so I'm like, I get out the image and I'm like, well here's the thing. There's a cliff here and a cliff here and there's a cross. And I try to explain this whole image to him and, and it felt so flat. You know, it was disingenuous. It was insincere. Um, and, and, and as I look back, like this guy came to the tent feeling called to a life of meaning and purpose. And I gave him this boring, uncompelling vision of being saved from hell. And, and I look back on that and I think, that part of our problem is that when we talk about Jesus and we talk about faith and what it means to be a Christian, we've kind of skipped the journey and we've jumped straight to the destination. We talk about Jesus being born on Christmas and then we jump straight to the cross and the resurrection. But Jesus lived a whole life in between that. And in the Gospels, we have at least about three years worth of wonderful material. Where Jesus is teaching his disciples, he's modeling for them how to live this life of faith. This profound journey, showing them, training them, getting to know them, preparing them how they can carry on his mission. Essentially, he's doing what that prophecy predicted. He's guiding their feet into the path of peace, showing them how to live, showing them how to live. But what's happened in a lot of Christianity in our world is that we've skipped over all that, we've jumped straight, straight to the cross, and we've missed so much of Jesus' teachings and his examples. And we desperately need Jesus' example right now in our world today. You know, I don't really like the bridge illustration anymore, um, and no offense if you love it, um, You can love it. That's fine. There's a lot of different ways to describe Jesus and what he means. That's how multifaceted and how wonderful Jesus is, is that there's so many ways to describe what he has done for us. And so that does describe part of it, right? But it's not the full picture. My relationship to God is way more than just a one-time event of crossing that bridge and being forgiven. My life of faith cannot be boiled down to praying a prayer at an altar and receiving a sin cleansing and then being saved from hell. It's way more than that. My life of faith has been a journey of walking with Jesus every day, trying my best to stay on track. And I'll tell you, it has been hard. It has been really hard. It's also been really awesome. It's been full of joy. But it's also been abounding and overflowing with struggle. And in our text for today, there's so much to unpack, like I, I showed you, but we're going to come back to some of that. But I just want to focus in on one verse. Luke nine fifty one is probably the most important shift in the whole gospel of Luke. And it says that Jesus set his face to go to Jerusalem. And then NIV, it says he resolutely set out for Jerusalem. He made a choice. I'm going to Jerusalem and I know what's waiting for me there. I'm going to confront the powers, the religious and political powers there that that are against what I stand for, but I'm going anyway. And you know what happens to Jesus when he gets to Jerusalem. This marks an important shift in the Gospel of Luke for the next many chapters. And really, for us, all the way until November, we're going to be in this part of Luke where Jesus is on his journey to Jerusalem. And on this journey, Jesus is going to model for us how to live. He's going to teach a lot. And essentially, he's going to fulfill that prophecy from chapter 1, that he's going to guide our feet in the path of peace. And the question isn't, is Jesus going to Jerusalem? Because he he was going no matter what. But the question is, are we willing to go with him? Are we going to listen to him? Are we going to watch him? Are we going to follow him on the journey of peace? You know, people who uh, understand the geography of the ancient Near East, Um, folks like Jackie J would probably pick up on this as reading through the Gospels. But when you read through this section of Luke and his journey towards Jerusalem, it's a little bit haphazard how he gets there. It's not a straight path, you know. Um, It's kind of like he goes here, 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 here. And eventually, he makes his way to Jerusalem. It wasn't efficient. It, It was certainly not a straight line. It was a bit chaotic of a path. And it takes many chapters to get there. And and I want to ask y'all, has anyone here ever gone on a walk with a small child before? Like, I know some of y'all have small children who can walk. Um, it's, It's a mess trying to take a child on a walk. You know, I've got nephews and I've gone on walks. It takes a really long time to get anywhere. And sometimes you don't even get to where you're wanting to go, Right. Um, you'd be going to a playground, and, and they don't even care about that by the time they get there because they found so many cool things along the way to get into, right? Like, a small child, they're slow, they're curious, very unfocused. It's excruciatingly diff- difficult to get anywhere. They'll, to just walk a short distance can take a long time. There's so many detours. Um, and, and, and what happens when you're with them, you just got to stay right there with them, right? Walking with her, redirecting her encouraging her, smiling and affirming all the interesting things that she finds along the way. The path is never efficient. It is never quick. It is never in a straight line. It is all over the place. And this is how, this is an image I, I, I kind of came to a few years back, but this is really how I'm thinking about my journey with Jesus these days, that Jesus is kind of like the parent and I'm that small child, that that he's inviting me to go on an adventure. Hey, you want to go for a walk, John? (laughs) And I'm that small, unfocused, curious child who struggles to stay on course. And Jesus is the loving parent who keeps urging me to get back on the path, but allows me to take some detours, affirms my curiosity, but never ever leaves me behind. Since my freshman year in the debacle in the Ichthus prayer tent, I've tried to reimagine my faith. And one image I keep coming back to is this image of a walk, that faith is a long walk with Jesus. He's patient with me. He gives me freedom to explore. He encourages me, and he keeps calling me to go further and further into the unknown. At different stages of my life, Jesus has said to me, John, let's keep walking. We're not there yet. Come on. I know you don't want to, but let's keep going. I've got risks I want you to take. I've got places I want to take you that you've never seen before. And I'll tell you, the last eight years of pastoring this church have been a wild ride for me, and I know for many of you all. We've been through a lot together, we've learned a lot together. I've unlearned more than I've learned, probably. I've wanted to quit at times, I've loved it, I've hated it at times. It's been a journey. <laughs> And I'm different now. And I'm not the same as I was when I first started walking with Jesus. And I imagine that's true for many of you all as well. And the cool thing is I won't be the same in eight more years if I keep walking with Jesus. Because Jesus doesn't waver in his commitment to peace. He doesn't waver in his commitment to you and to me. And he's going to keep leading us if we're willing to follow. And he's going to keep leading us deeper and deeper and further and further. And it might get scarier as we keep going. We might not even realize where we've come we're like, well, I don't even remember where I've come from. God, you've taken me to so many crazy places. But if we keep following Jesus, then, then we're going to be okay. Because we've got a really good guide to lead us, right? He's going to keep challenging us for the better. A few insights that I just want to summarize here that I've gleaned over the years. I'm thinking of my faith Less is kind of a one-time decision or believing the right things, but it's more of a journey of trying to continue walking with Jesus each and every day. I'm trying to worry not so much about the destination, but instead trying to savor the journey. I'm not very good at that very often. I struggle to be present. I struggle to value and find joy in the moment. But God is challenging me. Just enjoy the journey, right? Enjoy the adventure that we're on. I'm trying to focus more on the guide who is leading me and less on the path that I'm walking. And I think right now, in in this most confusing time that we're in, focusing on the guide is really important. It's going to be hard to see the path. We're not exact. There's going to be so many options of things you can go. Everybody's got an opinion on what we need to be doing, what you need to believe, how you need to stand on a particular issue or whatever it may be. It's too overwhelming. We can't figure all that out. But if we keep our eyes on Jesus and follow our guide, then I think we're going to be okay. he let him worry about where the path is. You know, when you go hiking in the woods, sometimes I like to do my own trailblazing. That can be dangerous, right? But if you have a guide who knows the way, it's all good. It's all good. Along the path on the Camino, um, you know, we had these guides, like little uh, yellow arrows, And so often we would get off course and we wouldn't know where we were. We'd be in a city and we wouldn't know which way to go. And you always would look for the yellow arrows because they would point you in the right direction. Or there were shells as well that would point you in the right direction. And and so anytime we got lost, almost always we would find an arrow on the pavement, on the wall, somewhere. And it would point us in the right way. And we have that. Jesus is our guide pointing us in the direction we need to go. We've got to trust the guides. The last thing that I'm trying to, to learn and remember is that I don't walk alone. You know, it's not like a solo journey that Jesus is calling us to where we just got to walk by ourselves. No, we have community. This is what the church is. This is what we are for each other. We have people to walk with, right? Jesus is walking with me, but there's so many others. Jesus didn't go to Jerusalem alone. He had a whole crew with you read the story of the triumphal entry, when he finally gets to Jerusalem, he's got all these people waving branches and shouting Hosanna, all this. This was his group. These were his people that decided I'm going to follow him regardless of the cost. We're going with him. He had all these folks, a whole bunch of people with him. And on the Camino, when I was walking, you know, like we weren't alone. We had each other. We had our group of four. We met some other people along the way. You know, I hurt my knee pretty early on in the adventure and And some days it was all jacked up and I struggled to keep walking. I did not want to keep going, but my friends and my wife encouraged me to keep going. Some days we got turned around and confused, didn't know where to go. And some of us were better at maps than others. And so we we pulled our resources and figured out where we needed to go. Other days we were sad and dealing with hard emotions and hard memories. and, And we were able to lift each other up and encourage one another. And and this is such a beautiful representation I think of what the Christian life fundamentally is. We have a good guide to follow, Jesus. We have a good guide to follow, and we have each other. We have a good guide, and we've got each other. It's it's so simple. Yet it's so profound. And if we can remember that, stay focused on Jesus and connect and support one another, then I think we're going to be okay. And I also want to say that it's a journey. It's okay if you're not where you want to be. None of us are. None of us are where we ultimately want to be because we're all on this journey of growing and becoming more the people God wants us to be. Dustin taught a class downstairs on the Methodist movement. And one of the main tenets of, of Methodism is this idea of sanctification, right? That, that on the cross we're justified and we're made right with God, but then that's just the beginning of the journey. <laughs> like, the rest of it is this journey towards sanctification or holiness and becoming more and more like Jesus. And that's the journey that, that most of us are on at this point if we've given our lives to Jesus and decided to follow Him. And we're all on the journey and we're at different places in the journey, and that's okay. We've got to bear with one another as we walk together. We are all walking this long and difficult road of life with Jesus, and we're being formed and transformed along the way. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. We're going to share communion this morning, so hopefully y'all grabbed a cup when you came in. If not, that's okay. Uh, You can go grab one. There's some just back there at the entrance um, on the table by the door. I'll give you a moment to get those out. At Embrace, we have six values that guide kind of our ministry at our church. And our first and most important value is we keep Jesus at the center. And we, we seek to do that. And, and that's really what we're talking about this morning. Is that we're invited to, to walk with Jesus and to follow him along the way. There's an old uh, spiritual that that I love and it it basically just says like, uh, walk with me, walk with me, Um, I want Jesus to walk with me And and it talks about this long, tedious journey that we're on and how we need Jesus to walk with us on this journey and one way that we just stay connected to him on this difficult journey that we're on is we take communion each week to Stay centered and stay connected on Christ and what he is for us and for our community and for the entire world. So if y'all bow your heads with me just for a moment. God, thank you so much for today. Uh, Lord, we are... Imagine most of us are just feeling the weight of the world this morning. My prayer is that we would leave here feeling a bit lighter. You promise us that your your yoke is easy and that your burden is light. That you're inviting us to come and to shed the weight, to share the shed the, the load that we're carrying. And I know some of us are carrying burdens that are deeply personal and just struggling with really hard things in our personal lives. Many of us are trying not to, but we we feel like we're carrying the load of a whole community on our back or carrying the load and the weight of a, a world full of injustice and wrong and hurt. And, and it's too much, God. We we can't do it. And we need you, Lord, to come and, and help us, to meet us in our time of need. As we walk with you, Lord, many of us, we we need you to help us. We need you to to take some of that weight and carry it for us, or maybe even carry us as we walk, because uh, we just don't have it anymore, and, and God, I'm just so grateful that, that you're a guide who never leaves us behind, who is patient with us, who lets us be ourselves, affir- affirms our creativity and our curiosity, and and you're also a powerful guide who has the strength to carry our load when we can't do it, and you have the strength to even carry us when we don't even have the strength to walk anymore so God I pray that today as we share communion that that God you would meet each and every person right where they need to be met this morning and and we're grateful that you're able to do that Some mysterious way you're able to connect with us exactly in the way that we need so God I'm just praying you would connect with each person wherever they're at in their journey Maybe they're on a detour. Maybe they've fallen down. Maybe they've lost track of the path. Maybe they can't even see you anymore. I pray you would make yourself known to them today. And you would invite them to continue on. And reassure them that you're with them. And that they don't walk alone. I pray you would pour out your Holy Spirit upon these very normal and common things of juice and bread and that you would transform them into something miraculous for us this morning, that we could truly take in, Lord, your spiritual presence as we share this practice together of holy communion. Thank you, Lord, for giving your life on the cross so that the world might be able to find life and be saved from death. We need you. We pray you would meet us now. We pray this in the power of Jesus' name. Amen. If you want to go ahead and get out the wafer on top, those of you who are worshiping at home, if you've set aside some food and drink for this purpose, you can go ahead and get that out as well. But I encourage you to take and eat. This is the body of Christ broken for you. encourage you to take your juice or whatever drink you have at home. Take and drink. This is the blood of Christ shed for you for the forgiveness of sin. We're just going to spend some time worshiping as we close out our service today. If you'd like prayer, I'd be happy to pray with you. Pastor Tanya's in the back. Um, There may be another prayer team member back there as well, but um, Pastor Tanya, I'd love to lift you up in the back. If you'd prefer to pray back there, if you'd like me to lift you up here at the altar, I'll be up front. Or if you'd just like to talk about anything that's going on in your heart right now, I'd be happy to do that. But I invite you to stand as we sing our closing song together.
2: Sing praises to the Lord, O you His faithful ones, and give thanks to His holy name. For his anger is but for a moment, his favor is for a lifetime. Weeping may linger for the night, but joy comes with the morning. As for me, I say, I said in my prosperity, I shall never be moved. By your favor, O oh Lord, you had established me as a strong mountain. You hid your face. I was dismayed. To you, O oh Lord, I cried, and to the Lord I made supplication. What profit is there in my death if I go to the pit? Will the dust praise you? Will will it tell of your faithfulness? Hear, O Lord, and be gracious to me. O Lord, be my helper. You have turned my mourning into dancing. You have taken off my sackcloth and clothed me with joy so that my soul may praise you and not be silent. O Lord, my God, I will give thanks to you forever.
1: I searched the world But it couldn't fill me Man's empty praise and treasures that fade are never enough Then you came along You put me back together Every desire is now satisfied here in your love. Oh, there's nothing better than you. There's nothing better than you, Lord. There's nothing, nothing. I'm not afraid To show you my weakness My failures and flaws Lord you've seen them all And you still call me friend Cause the God of the mountain
2: Is the God of the
1: valley There's not a place your mercy and grace won't find me again. Oh, there's nothing better than you. Oh, there's nothing better than you. Oh, there's nothing. Nothing is better. There's nothing better than you oh, there's nothing better than you Lord there's nothing nothing is better you're the only one who cares you turn mourning to dancing you give beautiful rations you turn shame into glory you're the only Johnny Home.
0: This morning, thank you, Scott, for uh, joining us this morning as well and leading us into God's presence. If y'all prepare your hearts for the benediction, may the love of God the Father, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all now and forever. Amen. Go in God's peace.